today. How are you? How are you? So another amazing revelation, realization, reckoning, pardoning, awareness that is come from this morning's uh, musings with the magical mother that I did this morning. And it was interesting when I woke up this morning, my husband actually woke up at 530 and I was like, okay, I would like to wake up right now. And I asked him, I was like, hey, bring me my computer so that I could sit in the bed and be warm and comfortable and safe in my bed while I did my writings. And I was like, oh, I can have it all. And this really shifted something in my own brain because there's this aspect of duality that I think we pretty consistently live with. This aspect that I can't be safe and comfortable and have all of my magic, or I have to choose this way, or I can't have this. I very much live in that world a lot because I was raised in the church. I have this programming of submission, of obedience, of it having to be a certain way. And so it is that way um, in my programming. But as I'm unraveling more and more of my own magic, I'm finding that this is just not the truth when I'm in alignment. And so I want to share some insights today that really kind of have catapulted. I had a question during the Patreon of uh, kind of shifting dimensions and moving into different dimensional realities. Um, one of the women shared a story about a candle that had been ruined by her by her children. And when she walked into her room, she saw that the candle was perfectly whole. It had not, not ever been ruined. And she was like, who did this? What is going on? And so I want to offer that through your own awarenesses and through your own transformation, things like mandala effects or things like dimensional jumping or um, quantum leaping is what it's called as well. There's a lot of this that is happening in this kind of paradigm right now because when we create new awarenesses and unblock aspects of our own programming there's an opening that occurs and so in our own awareness when we realize that we are something that maybe we were taught that was not right or maybe we have like this intuition where we just keep feeling like we need to follow our intuition instead of the the authorities that are telling us otherwise there's this shift that happens in us and a dimensional reality shifts when we decide to fully step into that space and so she asked me like have you noticed this and i'm realizing that every lunar cycle i'm having these dimensional shifts and these recalibrations of living in a in a different dimensional plane than what I was previously. And so know that as you do this work, this could very much be something that occurs as well. So in that, back to quite a few lunar cycles ago, I was sharing about us being the creatrixes of our own reality. And while I understood that to some degree, Today, I understand that 
in an entirely different light. And I really want us to understand this aspect and I'll kind of give you some context of how it came about. This morning when I woke up, I was reading um, a book about the old religions and the Druid um, kind of the Druid history, um, Irish religions and the ancient religion, the old religion. And there's there was a lot of just like history of who this was and what this was and what uh, St. Patrick did to the people and the Druids and who the Druids were and how there were actually very few Druids. But then it talked about how in some aspects, every household had a Druid that they would refer to for all of their daily insights they the druids were one that connected with the terrestrial so very much similar to the celestial realms not just sorry the cat just fell off the shelf um so there's this aspect of the druids not just knowing the stars and astronomy and magic um and some of them were even like jesters almost in a way to the king where they were like the ones that did the magic tricks and had the jester outfits on and so as we go through history the magician and the jester and these archetypes pull up but then we also have this aspect of the druid being like a monk that was closer to maybe this holder of sacred knowledge and so in the aspect of the Druid culture specifically, there's, there's no evidence left of them, written or otherwise. Wales in the late 1800s did say that they had written evidence of the Wales being the true Druids and the descendants of Druids. Um, but there's some kind of lack of the fact that the Wales was not the only one Ireland and but Ireland at the time was called the Little Britain so there is this aspect of there's a lot of history and there's a lot of just stuff that we don't understand similar to the modern day religion of Christianity most modern Christians have no idea the context in which the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, that is completely lost. Like what was meant by these things, our culture and our society have so far removed from what the original context of that even meant that it's difficult for us to even comprehend these truths in a way. So that's kind of the context of where a lot of this stuff is coming from. And as I was reading this, I realized, well, if the Druids, if there were only, say, three Druids during a time period, or there was the four Druids, and that was all there was, or there was three Druids under this certain king, and, I, and in my brain, I'm going, well, I thought the Druids, I thought they were a people. Like, so I'm beginning to kind of unravel my own misunderstandings in all of this as well. So you can tell I'm just like unraveling and processing and going, okay, well, were the Druids just a select couple? There were Druidesses um, that have been recorded in about 600 AD, uh, still not very old, but 
I mean, so Rome, Roman influence had already been a part of Ireland and Wales. And so a lot of the Roman influence of Christianity was already involved in Druidism, which I actually didn't realize. So when St. Patrick went into these peasant towns and converted the peasants to Christianity, they thought he was talking about Druidism. And they were like, well, sure, like, yeah, no problem. Like, we'll go along with your religion because that's everything that we believe. So there's this aspect of is Druidism just a spinoff of Christianity and that's why the written aspects weren't recorded? Or is there something more, maybe closer to the, um, I'm losing the name of what like the magical aspects of Christianity is. So there's there's something happening though where everything's been kind of convoluted and melted together and ah, Druidism was influenced by Christianity and Christianity was influenced by Egyptian lore and they're all just the same and they're all just this. And I'm sitting there going, but where's the magic? <laughs> like, where's the spiritual connection? Because the reason I started reading this book, um, and I'll actually pull it up right here because it's very interesting and this is what pulled me in um so there's this in one of the first pages of this book it says that the uh the heathen where is it i don't i i love the way they said this the heathen irish had a worshipful spirit. As to their morals, they certainly honored women more than did the favored Jews or accomplished Greeks. So, and then it continues that the Druids still are an enigma to us. They are doubtless neither so grandly wise nor so low in reputation as presented by tradition. Their ethical lessons must have assuredly prepared the way for Christian missions. So, when I'm looking at, when, I, when I'm studying, and I'm a 1-3, so investigation is very important to me. I dive into books. I read a variety of books simultaneously. So I'm reading books on Atlantis and Lemuria and root races and druids and writing and all sorts of things. So when I'm in the investigation space, I very much am reading a very wide context of books and then I'm also reading a book right now called The Makings of Humanity. So there's a lot of information that I'm gathering simultaneously because I'm reading three or four books in during a day and really just unraveling, allowing for the information to come through me and me be the filter that it filters through. And so there was this aspect of St. Patrick and the Druids and St. Patrick annihilating a lot of the Druids, just wiping them out and murdering them, saying that it was God who like went through his staff and threw the Druid onto the floor and cracked his skull open. And I'm like, yeah, I can probably see more likely that it was your club that smacked the skull of this Druid open and had him 
flailed out and sprawling on the floor. But how convenient for you to say that God struck him down with this thing. Um, oh, Anna, yay. Uh, I love this shawl. And hello, Anna. Hello, Crystal. Hello, Natasha. Um, so as there's a lot of this convoluted aspects of my God is more powerful than your God. And this happens in all paganistic religions and experiences. Think of the colonists, the puritanical colonists um, who came in to the Americas and, you know, tamed the savages by their God striking them down. But did their God actually strike them down or did the savages actually save the colonists time and time and time again? And through their generosity, they were taken as weak and then murdered. So there's a lot of unraveling that happens in my brain and trying to understand or comprehend what I'm getting out of these messages of all these books that have come to me that I'm meant to read in that time frame. So the key this morning, now that you have some context to it, is who do we think is more powerful than us? To whom or to what are we giving our power away to? Do we feel that the government is more powerful than us? Do we think that God is more powerful than us? Do we think that there's a goddess more powerful than us? Do we give our power away to the divine feminine? Who are we petitioning to? This is crucial. Absolutely crucial. I myself have been petitioning for a few years now. When I, so I'm going to let you know the backstory. When I was a child, I would lay in bed and tighten my eyes as tight as they could go. I'd pull my covers over my head and I would feel a, a being or an entity sitting on my chest. I would feel entities sitting around my bed and they'd make my bed squeak and I could hear my bed squeaking and I could feel the intent just like when my mother came and sat down on my bed. I would see glowing hands in my bed. I would see shadowy figures and things like this. So usually by the time I was so terrified, I would just like shoot to the bottom of my bed and curl up in like a little tiny ball. Or if I was brave enough, I would run out of my bed where my brother was waiting for me to climb into his bed with the closet door open, telling me that I had to close the closet door. And if I was lucky, the boogeyman wasn't going to pull me into the closet door and then I could sleep with him. So a lot of fear. There was a lot of, I was terrified as a child every night. I mean, um, just walking from my bedroom to go get a sip of water into the kitchen, I would see snakes waiting for me under the hutch. And yes, I had a very good imagination, but I also was aware that there was another world beyond this. I could see things that other people couldn't see. And unfortunately, my mom told me that anything that I was seeing, any entities or 
things like that were Satan. And if I continued seeing them, I would go to hell. I don't think she knew what she was doing, but that terrified me even more um, of going to a place of eternal burning fire where I would be tortured and I was already being tortured. So there is this aspect of further, like that amount of terror and torture for eternity. Wow. No, thank you. I will make sure to avoid and do anything possible to not interact with these entities that are coming to me every night. So I myself uh, have been petitioning or praying or begging or pleading, whatever you want to use, whatever word, you know, is more begging and pleading for the goddess to open back up my eyes. And I had been giving my power away to an entity or a deity in deity worship saying, you are more powerful than I am. Help me with this because I can't seem to figure out how to unlock this. And so after the the great mother yelled at me last week about, you know, if I don't want to wake up, she can find somebody else to uh, talk to. I went, you know what? No, I don't feel good. I am not going to wake up at dawn for the next week because I don't feel good. I know that if I don't take care of me, if I don't get the sleep, I'm just going to keep getting sick over and over again. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to take care of me. I have to rest. I have to go to sleep. I have to get my rest. I go to bed at like eight o'clock at night and I was sleeping in until seven or eight last week just to get over that cold that I had and I finally didn't I was like you know what fine if me taking care of my own health will mean that you're gonna find another devotee to speak through that's fine I'm not playing games like that is not fine you know at first I was like oh my gosh I need to be obedient and I felt a bunch of guilt and shame and my inner child came out and there was this aspect of really being present to the shift that happened today. And I just went, you know what? If the Druids had this power and they hadn't have given their power away, like they thought that the God of St. Patrick was more powerful than them. Sorry, I've got to plug my phone in. So they decided to, they, when they realized that the God, that St. Patrick's God was more powerful than their magic, and they were watching people get struck down, their loved ones, their fellow druids, the fear came in and they started thinking that maybe their God had left them, leaving them vulnerable when really their magic had always come from within, from their power, from their connection, from their relationship to nature, from their relationship to magic. And as soon as they gave their power over and began to live in fear, their power and their magic were gone, as well as their entire written culture as well as any remnant or history of them so 
for my own journey, I realized what a powerful effect learning Reiki was 14 years ago. When I became a Reiki master 14 years ago, it changed me because I had the power in my being. I very quickly did not no longer use the Reiki symbols and I was simply a conduit and I allowed for my magic to move through my body from the elemental sources around me and it very quickly transformed the way that I did Reiki and the way that I did body work and the way that I did massages and so uh, good morning Kirsten so there's an aspect of as soon as we, and all of us, I'm sure, grew up in some way, shape, or form with the fear, guilt, shame cycle. For us to feel unworthy, the majority of people in their human designs have the shadow aspect of either um, not liking the feelings of uncertainty or being in this aspect of feeling unworthiness. So in this way, fear is a conduit of keeping our powers at bay. Fear is a conduit for keeping our powers at bay because our power does come from within. When I had that conversation with the magical mother for my own conduit, she's one of my guides. When I had the conversation of, you know what, I'm going to listen to my intuition and I'm going to sleep in. And I understand how important rising with the sun is. And I understand how important my connection is and my relationship with you. But I'm not going to have a relationship at the expense of my own health. And that was a boundary that I would have, I, I, I was... I, I didn't even have fear about it. I just knew that I had to have a boundary that my own health, my own well-being comes above all else. Despite the fact that a spiritual experience is the most important thing to me. But what good is that if my body is failing? What good is that if I don't have my health? What good is that if I don't have a physical vessel to receive that spiritual experience in? So there's this aspect of when we live in fear of disappointing someone or when we live in fear of being obedient of a deity that can choose to smite us or take us out, that actually has a cellular impression on our body that destroys and weakens our own magical abilities, whatever magic means to you. And so I would like to present a hypothesis of entity worship or deity worship actually being something that can create within ourselves a loss or a destruction, like the druids, of our own magic. And I've been searching for ancient religions and ancient rites and ancient practices and ancient goddesses and ancient deities to give me some understanding of where I fit in with all of this. And so today when the question was, well, the your magic doesn't come from a deity. Your magic doesn't come from outside of you. Your magic comes from within and it comes from trusting your intuition. 
and from living in integrity with your own being and to not live in a duality of good or bad, but to truly live in integration. And there was this aha moment in my being. There was a, there was a resonance in my being that I have been petitioning <laughs> to a deity that cannot return my magic to me. It cannot go back into my memories of being a child and being tortured or tormented by these dark shadows that I was told were Satan that was going to take me to hell. I get to go back into my memories. I get to do the work of restoring my magic. And this is what I do for others on a regular basis in my sessions with them is I can see their magic within them. I can say, and I do this all the time. I'm doing this with one client in particular. At nine, she had a very specific event occurred. And there is a pre-nine-year-old version of her and there is a post-nine-year-old version of her. And it's very specific and we can link everything that happens in her life to the decision that that nine-year-old faced and we can see very clearly when her magic was lost when this happened and it all links back to that moment so i'm very clear and i can help individuals very effortlessly with their own aspects of integrating their magical selves and yet i was petitioning to an authority outside of myself for my own magic to be returned and so with that aha it's very exciting that i have in my hands the opportunity to take back my power to take back my magic that i had placed in a deity's arms and they were just like holding it for me they're like i'm just gonna hold this for you because it's not mine to do anything with this is yours but i'll hold it so when we pray and when we ask something outside of our excuse me i had a lot of coffee this morning so when we ask something outside of ourselves to do the magic that is innately within us we give our power away and then can feel submissive or obedient or degraded because of our own lack of understanding. So it's not that there's not a universal force or a God force in all of us, if that's what you believe, or a conduit or a web or some sort of interweaving of all the energy on the earth. But we were given an individual body. We were given this individual experience. And if we continue to give our power away, we're going to continue to feel on an individual less level, the fear and submissiveness that permeates the culture that we live in instead of being the few druids or druidesses or the few magicians or the few priestesses that can truly shift the reality of ourselves our family and those that we come in contact with so while this may or may not resonate with you this was huge mind-blowing information that i no longer have to petition to a deity outside of myself 
I don't even have to petition to nature because nature is like, here, we're just holding it for you. Whenever you're ready to come get it, it's here. And I think so often we think that we have to supplicate ourselves and submit ourselves and be in this space of um, less than in order to receive. But truly, we need to be in a pace of power and in our magic to receive. Because if we're here and like, oh, please, can I have your, you know, we're going to get the scraps. We're going to be like, oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this, this nibble rather than creating the reality around us and having an abundance of garden growing and the trees and knowing and being and walking in the lush abundance of nature in a way of power and magic versus this oh i'm undeserving i i need you to help i need you to do this for me i'm feeble or i'm unable or my body's broken right how many times do we say that we're broke that our body isn't working like we make ourselves the most powerful magical beings we make ourselves into less than so that we think that we can get something from a source greater than us but our vibration cannot match that source that is greater than us if we are not in our power and our magic so thanks for being here i'm i'm really really excited and like i said every lunar cycle there is a new unraveling that is happening and so i'm excited to see if by the time i meet back with the first Facebook lives, if those will continue the unraveling. And I'm sure they will because uh, each one seems to be layering on top of the next from just last lunar cycle, working with the cultural foundation and our magical selves to now working with the celestial chakra and understanding that the celestial aspects are here to simply support us not for us to deify or worship them and make ourselves less than. Whoa, our spirit guides are not more worthy than us. They don't have secret access to this knowledge. It's just that they're in a space that they don't have the programs inhibiting them from bringing them directly through to us. But we don't have to have those hindrances either. We can be a direct conduit to our whole selves incredible so thank you so much for being here i'm excited to continue this conversation hop into the discord group and let's talk about in what ways you have been giving or to whom you have been giving your power away to because i think this would create a lot of unraveling within all of us have an absolutely magical mothering monday and i will see you all tomorrow